Welcome to the Sports Leadership Podcast, where leaders in sport get practical, relevant insight to help them take their leadership to the next level and become leaders worth following. Now for your hosts, Kevin DeShazo and Mark Hodgkin. All right, welcome to episode 22 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kevin DeShazo of Fieldhouse Media and Culture Wins Championships, along with co-host Mark Hodgkin of New Line. Mark, how are things? Everything's good, Kevin. It's a great time of year for the college athletics space. Um, you know, only about a, year, a month away from March Madness, uh, which I know is near and dear to your heart, but uh, I can enjoy it a little bit more myself now that I'm not preparing for conference basketball championship uh so that's still still sinking in there uh after two years here but uh everything is good how about yourself things are going really well it's a busy time of year a lot of a lot of travel was with um, a lot of big 12 schools recently home uh, as we were recording this for a little bit of time and then headed back out on the road to be with some more programs um, doing leadership culture building doing some social media training Um, so it's a good time of year busy time of year as you said march madness is coming up and uh, my favorite sporting event we've got a favorite time of year for sports because you've got the masters you've got march madness you've got spring training for baseball we just finished football Uh, so just a great time of year to be to be a sports fan absolutely well uh i know today's topic and we won't uh waste too much time before we jump into it but uh one that you and i have talked about a lot um as we've gotten to know each other is what i've been a part of your core group and and just conversations we've had um is that of ego um so we're going to kind of dive dive into that Talk a little about what it is. Um, I think sometimes it's not always as clear as uh, we'd like to think. Talk about some of the ways that it can hold you back in different stages of your career, can undermine your influence and can undermine your leadership for sure. Then, you know, and how to move forward and how to be better with it. So I'm really excited about that conversation today. Yeah, it, it should be a great one. Um, ego is is a sickness, I think, in our world, um, certainly in college sports and, and beyond. So I think this, I hope this will be a really healthy episode um, a really informational, powerful episode. Um, we are not immune to ego. So as we dig into that, let's just lay that foundation. We are not immune to this. It's a daily battle. Um, so we'll be sharing some, some just general thoughts that we have, maybe some of our own failures as it uh, comes to this idea of ego um, and ways that we can battle that as leaders, as individuals, and in our teams and our organizations. All right, so ego. And again, I mentioned in the intro, this is, um, I think it's a sickness in our world. And, you know, we'll, we'll dig into this quite a bit. And it's, it, it's not always as big as we, as we make it out to be in terms of what an ego person driven by ego looks like. It's not always this big, loud, bullying, obnoxious, look at me. It can show up in these very small ways. And, and I love, we've talked about this book before, Ego's the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Could not recommend that anymore. It's, it's a top five for me, but I love the definition he uses in the book. Um, he says, the ego we see most commonly goes by a more casual definition, an unhealthy belief in our own importance, arrogance, self-centered ambition. And I think that's the piece is that it's this idea, and this may seem weird, but this idea that we matter more than someone else, that we deserve something more than someone else, that we are entitled to something more than someone else, that something is about us or should be about us. And it's a mindset I think we just all have. It's probably natural to most of us if we're being honest with ourselves. And the, and the key is, A, acknowledging that and saying, look, I'm not above that. If, if you think you don't have ego 
I mean, that's part of the problem. Um, so, so it's acknowledging that we, we all have this, this issue and then how do we move forward from that? Because if we, if we allow that to, to run our day, to run our lives, allow those thoughts to take over um, into our actions, then we destroy ourself, our influence, our leadership, our team, our culture. Um, it's just a really ugly thing to witness when somebody's being driven by ego. Yeah, all great points, and um, I would recommend that book as well. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, go go pick it up today on Amazon. It's uh, it's definitely worth it. And I think you make another exceptional point that if somebody tells you they don't have ego, be very worried, <laughs> be very afraid of that person. Um, I think we all have it, um, and that's really this like most things in life when you have to we have to explain that you don't have that. It's probably a sign that you really do have a huge ego and, and none of us are immune. So I'm not going to stay here and say, I don't have an ego. I'm not going to sit here and say that I haven't made mistakes based on that. And um, I know you're not either. Um, and I, I think, uh, again, it's not always the, this loud, rambunctious, um, I don't know, ugly uh, stereotype of having an ego. Um, it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's, it's how we think, how we view things. I think, you know, and we both love social media. It's both a big part of uh, both of our careers. Um, so I'm not trying to vilify it, but I think that feeds into kind of a, a, a self-focused worldview. You know, how you, you have an, you have an, a megaphone at any point to talk about what you think. We're, we live in a very opinion-oriented culture. I think. I think that's you see that on cable news. I think you see that on sports media for absolute sure. And those, those things are all kind of lead to this confluence of, you know, an inflative maybe sense of, of ourself. So I think that's a good way to kind of start setting it out that, you know, we all have an ego. It's nothing inherently wrong. We have to understand that though, to, to be able to, to improve. Yeah. I think it comes from this, it's this mindset where we want to be the hero of the story. Everyone likes the praise. Everyone likes the attention. Um, and it's just interesting that we don't like to be around anybody who operates that way. Like we want that for ourselves, but whenever anyone else operates that way, it's just this repellent, like, you know what? I don't want to be around you. I don't trust you. Um, things are just really unhealthy around people who are operated by ego. Yet that still creeps up in, in all of us because we want the recognition. We want um, the praise. We want the accolades. We want the awards. We want things to go our way, which could translate to what you're doing with your career. What's best for me? Why do I need to always take that step? What, what makes me look good as opposed to saying, what's the best thing to do like not best necessarily for me what's the best thing to do what's the right thing to do in a, in a way that helps me to be better for others not just better myself yeah it's a great that's a great point an interesting example for sure um I, th I think you hit on something really important there with about the stories that we tell ourselves um and we all do this again it's it's we all have an internal kind of monologue of where we are and i just finished another interesting book um, called uh, Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Taleb. And it talks about a little bit about this where, you know, there's a survivorship bias in any success story. And it feeds into this kind of mythology of you know, how people who are successful got there. And I think what we all end up doing is smoothing over some of the rough edges. And, and more of what that book's about is, is kind of brushing away some of these random lucky breaks. I think we all have those actually, I know we all have those, does not diminish the work that any of us have done. It doesn't diminish, Kevin, you building an amazing company, all the hard work that you have to do to do that. It doesn't, um, it doesn't mean you're not talented, successful, deserving at all. It doesn't mean that. But I think we all you know, would be 
well served to look and see kind of where there was some lucky breaks. There were some things you were built. Maybe it's just who you were born into, the country you were born into. The you know, there, there's a lot of those things that are really fantastic luck. But we tend to build up kind of a mythology about ourselves, and I think it builds on itself. You keep telling yourself kind of what you want to hear, and if you do that enough, and you're not cognizant of of the fact that you're having that monologue, it builds on itself. You hear what you want to hear, and all of a sudden, it can go to some really ugly places. Yeah, I think self-talk is a really good but can be a really dangerous thing both ways, right? You can beat yourself up. I'm terrible. I don't deserve anything. I'm a failure. But you can also be delusional about what you deserve and what you've done and the credit you need. And just because I've worked my tail off to build companies doesn't mean I deserve for those companies to be successful. That's just not not reality. Now, thankfully, they are. But it's not because I deserve that. Like you said, I've been fortunate to meet people along the way who have been big fans and who have helped make that a success. Um, I could say I deserve to go to this school. I deserve to get this job. I deserve to get this promotion because I've done this work. I deserve this. Um, or, I mean, it just comes up in so many different ways. And, and truthfully, again, just lay the groundwork every morning I wake up and this is a battle because I think like just being, being transparent, the thoughts that come into my brain are that I matter, that I'm important, that I'm a big deal just being honest. And I get how gross that sounds, um, which is why I say it. Um, people ask about my tweets a lot. Like, do you really live these things? I'm like, these are the things I'm failing at usually. Like things I tweet about are usually things that I'm either failing at or I'm, I'm learning with other leaders, um, not things that I'm necessarily good at, things I want to be good at. But every day I wake up and I think, man, I'm a big deal. I deserve this. I deserve that. I deserve whatever it may be. And then I have to stop. And I can, I can if I go that route, if I just keep going and don't stop at that moment, my day is going to be pretty ugly. Um, and I'm truthfully, I'm just going to repel people. Nobody wants to work with a person who believes that, but I have to recognize that every moment or every, every morning say, no, that's not who I want to be. That's not healthy. That's not accurate. That's not real. I deserve nothing. All I can do is go to work and try to try to be the best that I can and try to help people, um, and try to be the champion of other people instead of my own champion. And do I succeed at that every day? Of course not. There are days when that ego wins. Um, and it's ugly. But it's, we, we talked, I don't even know which episode this was, early on, this idea of know yourself to lead yourself. Um, so I have the, the, that tendency for me is never going to go away. I'm always going to wake up with pride and with ego. Um, but I can choose to live accidentally and let that take over, or I can choose to recognize that in the moment and choose a different action, choose a different mindset, um, and choose to live intentionally and not be driven by ego. And it's, it's really, really difficult. Um, but I think... I think this is a, it's a sickness, it's a poison that, that is undoing not just our sports world, our world in general. It's people who are doing whatever feels best for them as opposed to what's best for others. Yeah, and, and I would even take it a, a step further. Um, it's not always thinking that you're more important or you're better. It can be just a dwelling on where you are in your position, and that can take this kind of cloak of... of humility or, you know, one of the things I've struggled with is, you know, the being your own worst critic. But when you're dwelling on that too, and you're saying, you know, things aren't working out, I'm not good enough. I'm not, that's still just the other side of the same coin where you're looking at um, yourself as kind of the center of these things, um, as opposed to just, like you said, forgetting what you deserve or you think you deserve, whether that's good or bad and doing the work that's important. And that's really, I think, I think that's the crux of um, a lot of the book we were talking about, but I think that's really where it comes down to me, where you can um, overcome some of those things. And, and really the best, one of the best solutions is just to get to work on things that matter. Yeah. 
the, the more we work, the less time we have to think about ourselves um, and really to think about other people in a negative light in terms of what they don't deserve. And I think when we talk about it from a team perspective, like this is so crucial for teams. If you have people that are operating out of their ego, they're not fighting for the highest good of the team. They're fighting for the highest good of themselves. And when stress hits, and it always will, so to go back to the previous episode, talking about the Eagles, talking about Alabama, um, when stress hits, if the people on their team were about themselves and their own agenda and their own success, it shuts down, right? When, when stress hits, they don't, they don't turn outward and like lock arms with the guy next to them and go to work. They, they look inward and they work for their own good and they try to do what's best for them and not, how do I call that person up? How do I fight for their highest good? What does that look like for me to do that for them? And it becomes a really toxic, ugly thing that, that takes out teams. Again, whether that's a sports team or a marketing team. Um, when, it, when everything becomes about one person, the team has lost its identity because the identity of a team is not in, in the people. Um, it's about the work that they're doing and the vision that they're pursuing. And nobody's ego, nobody's title um, overtakes that bigger picture. Nobody's title overtakes that vision. Yeah, and I think, I think you, you say it really well. And it's a lot like sinking to the level of your training um, when those things happen. You know, it, it, it doesn't, as you, as you say all the time, it doesn't build your resilience. It doesn't build your character. It doesn't build your culture. It, it reveals. Um, so I think that's, that's really important. Another thing I like about, about the book, and I think it's, it's another way of kind of doing this self-evaluation that I would encourage everybody who's listening to, to do, is um, it breaks it up into the kind of three stages that you're always in as in your profession, in your life, whatever. That's the aspiring, that's having success, and that's failure. And if you think about your career, your life, you're always in some cycle around these three areas. You're aspiring, you're trying to get bigger and better things. You're, maybe that's manifesting itself in a real self-centered, arrogant way of you know, not caring about the people around you. I need to get mine and get there. Success, you finally have gotten some success. You're, you're having um, an impact, you're getting noticed. People are knowing you, people are telling you how great you are. People are... And then, you know, when you're failing, you know, the, the falling from grace and dealing with that kind of um, internal struggles, um, you know, ego manifests itself in probably different ways. But I think that's an interesting kind of lens to view, you know, maybe think about where you are in, in, in your life or your career. And then that can kind of help pinpoint a little bit more, uh, breaking it up into those three areas. And I think it causes us, especially as it relates to those three areas, it causes us to be inconsistent. Because who we are in those three areas are three different people. And so our ego manifests itself in different ways. Again, as unhealthy, woe is me, or I deserve this, or I'm, I'm accumulating, trying to acquire all these things so that I can look good, I can get that position, then I've got to keep that position. Um, and it causes us, if, if it's what's best for us, that changes every day. Based on the situation, things, what, what's best for me is different. What's best for the team or the organization generally doesn't change. So if that's my mindset every day, it's like, then I can be consistent because that's going to drive all my decisions. Not what's best for me in this moment, um, what's best for those around me. And I think a lot of times ego really comes back to this idea of self-preservation and insecurity. Um, most leaders I've, I've interacted with, and usually it's true for me as well, when it looks like I'm living and operating out of ego, it's really insecurity. Like I'm really doubting myself or I feel like I have to prove something. And so that comes out looking like pride. It comes out looking like ego. Instead of just being, again, the phrase that we would, we would use is secure, confident, and humble. Like not ego, not overly confident, not um, believing that I'm great, but knowing what I'm capable of, knowing why I am where I am and who helped me to get to where I am and how can I move forward in, in that confidence. And, and so it's, we have to acknowledge that that insecurity 
seeps in and, and we mask that with ego. We mask that with pride. Um, and when we live that way, again, with something to lose or something to prove, eventually we're going we're gonna to lose that thing that we're trying to keep. And if it's our identity we're trying to prove, our reputation we're trying to prove, our value we're trying to prove, we're going to prove the opposite because we're going to overdo it. Um, and again, eventually push push people away, undermine our own influence because ego repels people. Like it's just not attractive. When we talk about the greatest leaders in the world throughout history, whether sports, business, government, education, healthcare, it doesn't matter the industry. It's always people who had humility um, and they, they weren't, they didn't care about the attention. The attention's great in that it allows them to shine the light on other people. That's what they use attention for. It's not to just bask in and say, oh, look at me. I deserve this because of the work that I did. It's now I'm going to use this to actually build up the people who probably aren't getting credit who truly deserve it. And so I think we have to look at those insecurities and, again, not allow ego to be, to be that driver. Yeah, I think we, we remember the people who have an outside ego for usually a, an ugly ball from grace at some point. The ones that, that kind of stick, the, the servant leaders that you know have staying power, have can stay where they are and can stay respected um, for long periods of time, definitely have more of a, uh, a humility to them, a, a servant-oriented um, leadership style. I think that's, that's absolutely true. So we've talked a little bit about kind of what ego is and how we can start identifying it and, and why it's important. Let's talk a little bit about things that we can do to kind of start chipping away at that. And one thing that comes to mind for me, and I think it goes in into to episode 21 where we're talking about the way these quarterbacks reacted in these tough situations. Uh, one of the things that struck me about Nick Foles was there's a clear, and he's very open about the fact that he wants to be a pastor when he retires from football, whenever that is. Being able to have something, whether it's faith, whether it's organization, whether it's just kind of a, a true north that you have as a human being, it doesn't have to be a spiritual thing. Having something bigger than yourself, I think, really helps you ground your ego and really persevere when things get tough. You need something that's more than just yourself. I mean, it's it's almost um, it's been proven time and again when you are facing extreme adversity. If you have somebody to focus on besides yourself, whether it's a, a child, whether it's a, a cause, an organization, something, you always have more success coming out of that um, and being resilient and doing something important. So, I mean, that's one of the things to me that naturally chips away at ego. What are some of the things you'd, you'd recommend about how we can overcome this and, and be better? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And that you said, we, we can't be the hero of our own story. It has to be, I love the phrasing. We have to be about something bigger than ourselves. Um, that's, that, that's probably the easiest way is, is when, when you're about, there's something else that is, is your true North. That is your centering thing. Um, that becomes your, your identity becomes rooted in that, so to speak. I think one of the things that I do on a practical level, and this is going to sound weird to people, I think I've tweeted about it before, written about it. Um, like I have a, an identity statement that I read every morning. It's like when, I, when that ego kicks in, I go to that and remind myself, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what I'm doing. This is why. And it's not about me. Um, but that recenters like, no, I'm here to actually help leaders get better. I'm here to share my weaknesses um, and that's what we do in our sessions. Like when, we, when I go out to work with a team, I'm not standing up there saying, look how great I am. Look at all these things. This is what I know. It's, hey, here's this idea, and here's, here's how I've screwed it up, and here's what I learned as a result of that. If it's communication that I'm working on with teams, I tell stories about how I'm terrible at communicating with my wife and the pain that that can cause, and here's how I'm getting better, or with my kids, or with work-life balance. And so it's not being afraid to own those mistakes um, and say, like, no, this is, I, I screw up all the time. Um, just because I teach leadership stuff and healthy culture and, um, and work with teams, I screw up every day. And so being able to, to own that um, as an actual strength, those weaknesses, allowing them to become a strength, have that humility, 
I think that's uh, for me, that's a practical thing is I don't go into situations trying to show how great I am. I'll just usually, if I'm having coffee one-on-one with someone, for example, they have an issue. I'll relate that back to something I failed at, not to make it about me, but just to say like, no, I get it. I'm right there. I I screwed that thing up as well. Here's what that looked like for me. Here's what I did to try to get better. But for me, it's that, it's that morning piece. And, and we talked about the value of mornings, which may be a good topic down the road with Carter Henderson at, at Washington in episode 15, my morning matters to me. And so that identity statement, I read a little bit. This is weird, maybe weird. Carter talked about it. So maybe it's not weird. I've started every now and then meditating. And that's sure. a really weird word. It just means being quiet. <laughs> um, like I, I got an app of that, that helps you with it. I'm looking for it real quick. Uh, it's called Oak, like an oak tree. Um, and it's just, you, you play it for 10 minutes and it just helps you be quiet. And that, again, it's just one of those things that helps me get out of my own head mm-hmm. um, and, and pause and recenter myself. And so just a, a practical thing um, that, again, I have to um, know yourself to lead yourself. I know that ego is coming up. I have to be practical and being aware of it so that I can choose a different action. Yeah. And, and again, to go back to it again, saying, understanding that we all suffer with this. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to sometimes say these things out loud that, that you struggle with, like you, you call them you know, ugly statements and ugly sentiments. But if you're not acknowledging that, you know, you're never gonna make any improvements and we, and we all have that. And I think, I think meditation is a great one for it. Um, I've done that kind of really useful. I do morning journaling where I'm just getting some things out of my head. I'm putting it in perspective. I like to kind of come back to, it's going to sound a little bit weird as well, but how small we are in the big picture of everything as, as just a human being. I mean, even people who do extraordinary amounts of things, um, good or, or impactful, a generation later, they're, they're gone and everybody they've known is gone and um, very few actually remember. It sounds really grim, but I don't look at it that way. I look at it as, as kind of freeing as we can say, you know, we're not the center of the universe. We're not, everything's not going forward based on us. We have, we're separate from that. We're not, uh, we don't have the weight of the world on our shoulders, any of us. And I think that's really important to kind of set that apart. It's a, it's a weird feeling. It takes a little bit of getting used to, but that's something for me that's helped me kind of understand where I fit in the, the universe, I guess. Um, and it's helped me kind of get through some things. Cause like you've talked about some of your experiences, I think there's been times in my career where I've been so defined by what I think I'm supposed to be doing, what I've dedicated so many years to doing. And that's just pure ego. Just saying, you know, I'm, I'm Mark and I'm, I oversee digital at the biggest conference. And if I'm not doing something like that, I'm, I'm failing. And that's not necessarily the traditional way you think of ego, but that's just as damaging. And it's, it's something, you know, that's probably held me back and, and made me make certain decisions that probably weren't great. And, um, and didn't let me get more importantly, didn't let me grow and become better at what I was doing because you're, you're wrapped up in this, who you are and your identity. So those are some of the things I think that, um, for me kind of helped me get out of it and, and going back to some of the places where, um, you know, it's been a struggle for me as well, just like all of us. And I think you look again, when we talked about in the previous episode, you know, Nick Foles showing up saying, I, I wasn't afraid of failure. I think ego prevents us from taking those risks because we're, we care about our reputation. We care about being right. We care about looking good. Um, saying, no, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and if I fall on my face, that's okay. Cause I'll learn. And so I, with, with humility, we embrace learning with ego. We embrace just being safe and controlling what we have around us. And I don't need to be right. I don't need to have the best idea. I don't have to have any of these things that would quote unquote, make me look good from, from a, a worldly standard. 
because what, what typically happens with that for me is it just gets really ugly, right? Pride takes over. I get into arguments. And this is me early on when I was running Fieldhouse. Like I cared deeply. It was, it was all ego and pride and really insecurity. I was trying to prove myself. And so I got in debates I didn't need to be in. I got in battles that weren't worth fighting and did probably, I would guess, um, some pretty significant damage to my reputation. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, I, what, if people have said negative things, I mean, I deserved those things because that's what I was living, right? It was ego. And those things, I mean, they, they will take you out. And the more I see leaders like in, in working with teams, that just consistently pops up, this idea of, of ego. And so for me, it's been like, that's the bullseye, like the target like I'm aiming for because um, I don't want my kids to live that way. Um, I don't want teams to operate that way. I don't want my family to be known for that. And so it's, okay, how do I, Again, hope isn't a strategy. What am I going to do to battle ego? We, everything's hard, right? Leadership is just really difficult. And leading yourself is difficult. Is more difficult than, than leading other people. It's not even close because you have to be honest with yourself and nobody wants to do that. And so we say that it's hard as an excuse to not do it. Um, I was having a conversation with an Olympian a few weeks ago talking about how to, how to um, set up your 2018 for success and be intentional in 2018. Um, some of the changes I was kind of helping her make. And she goes, this is really hard. Like, this, is, this sucks. I said, I get it. I said, but do you want to be sitting here the same time in 2019 in the same situation? Same frustration, same issues, or do you want things to change? She said, no, I want, I want something different. I said, great, then we have to do the work. Same thing is true for our reality. And I think you have to look at the reality of your relationships, the reality of your situation, and then work backwards. No, don't blame other people. Well, my team did this, my boss did, did this, my spouse did this, that, whatever. Look at yourself. What what have I done to put me in this situation? And it doesn't have to be this crazy, terrible situation. Just one that you may be unhappy with. It may be one relationship that's not where you want it to be. It could be something at work. But look back at yourself and say, what, what have I done to contribute to that? And more often than not, it's ego. Um, so great, well, what would it look like for me to lead with humility in this situation, to put somebody else first? Then how do I get this reality that I want? Because um, we want success, however you define success in, in, in our world. And it's probably not going to be money or titles because that's all driven by ego. If I want true success, which is great relationships, a lasting impact on people to make those around me better, I have to reverse engineer that. And that doesn't start with ego, <laughs> right? That's always going to start with, with humility and making sure I'm not, I don't think that I'm bigger than I truly am. Totally agree. I think it's, uh, you know, this could be a, a process that's, could be a little bit messy, could be difficult, uncomfortable. But like you said, these are not, um, it's simple, but it's not easy. Um, like we say a lot, there's a lot of these things that um, we know we have to do it. We know we have to get better at it. Um, and again, it's it's not thinking less of yourself. I think this was in the book as well. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking about yourself less. And it really kind of opens some doors. And I think it, it has a transformative effect on the people you you lead as well. I mean, how many times do you talk to somebody, you know, this guy's, big ego, uh, difficult to work for. I like him, but that ego is pretty out of control, that kind of stuff. So we never want to be receiving that feedback. So I think it's important to look at all of the ways because it's probably manifesting itself internally uh, more than it is externally, um, at least for a time being. And that's when you have a chance to kind of, you know, nip it in the bud and, and, and make some changes that really will be impactful. You know, we, we talk a lot about this idea of being becoming a leader worth following, right? A leader people have to follow versus a leader that people want to follow. Um, and at the end of the day, pride and ego, it, it divides, right? It repels people. Nobody wants to be around or be a part of a team that's fueled by ego. Humility attracts. Um, and whatever, however we're leading, that's going to multiply into other people. 
Um, so if we want a team that's rooted in humility, that's rooted in selflessness, that fights for each other, we have to model that. Whatever your title is, you have to be the one model, modeling that for other people. If that's our standard um, for others, we have to be living, living that standard ourselves. And again, is that easy? Of course not. If it was, everyone would be doing it. But I think that that, that battle to be secure, confident, and humble having nothing to lose, nothing to prove, nothing to hide. Like that's a battle that we should be fighting every day. Um, does that mean we win every day? Of course not, but progress over perfection, right? Like it's not about mastering that every day, but if we're intentional to think about it, we're going to be intentional to fight against it. All right. Well, that is episode 22 of the sports leadership podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation about ego. I know that can be, um, maybe potentially a heavy topic. It's not really fun to talk about, but that's why exactly why we should be talking about it. And so I hope that those who are listening got something practical out of that, maybe some, some tips on self-reflection and, and how to move forward uh, with humility and not ego. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like we mentioned, uh, a book I think we both would recommend, uh, Ryan Holiday's Ego is the Enemy. Go check that out. Let us know what you think. Um, you can find us both on Twitter at Kevin DeShazo and at Mark underscore Hodgkin. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know if you have any stories you want to share, even in uh, anonymously. We could talk about it on a future episode. We'd love to hear kind of how you do, um, how you're doing with your ego, how you're um, instituting some of these things we've talked about with your team. I think it's uh as Kevin said, it's incredibly important and incredibly impactful. Let's make a commitment for those who are listening. Like, let's just make a commitment to, to fight that battle, right? To show up and say, I don't want to leave with ego. I don't want to try to be the hero of my own story. Um, I want to be worth following and let's just go for it. Again, it's not about being perfect, but if we're going for it, we're going to make things better. So thank you guys for listening. Again, this is episode 22 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. Along with Mark Hodgkin, I am Kevin DeShay. If you enjoy it, give us a, a review on iTunes, share it with your friends, share it with your team. Until next time, have a great day.